Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. All right, now grab your Bibles and turn with me to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. Luke 8, verse 18, just one verse. From the New Living Translation, it says this. So this is Jesus, the words of Jesus. So pay attention to how you hear. So pay attention to how you hear. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what they think they understand will be taken away from them. Father, we just pray that you would add your, your um, uh, understanding to the reading and the hearing and the preaching of your word. Help us to do as James commands us to do, to not just be hearers of your word, but to be doers. And I pray, God, that you would speak to us today, speak to our hearts, search us, and Lord, reveal truth in us and to us today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I believe that last week's message about Jabez and Jacob was the last in our Triple P series, our Patriarchs, Prophets, and Priests. Um, it seems like the, the Lord this week has been leading me in a different direction. Not a, not a new series, per se, but for today, just, just a message. Um, one thing that has been uh, really interesting in the last 10 years is all of the ways the Lord can lead a pastor to the truth that he wants them to share. Uh, and I'm 10 years in, and I still have not figured it out. God still surprises me and does things different. So um, today, I'm just going to preach what's on my heart to preach. Is that all right, y'all? Um, so this, is, this came from my personal devotion time, and, um, and I'm just going to share it with you because it will not let me go. So I want to pick up on what Jesus said in that verse that we just read, that one sentence at the beginning of that verse. And it said, uh, and, and I'll, tell you, I'll, I'll tell you about that in just a second, it's a, but I'm going to ask you a simple question today based on that. So the title of the message is, How Are You Hearing? How Are You Hearing? Since it's December, if you need a Christmas message title, then you could go with, Do You Hear What I Hear? Okay. But I'm just, here's the disclaimer, Mary, Joseph, the babe, the shepherds, and none of them appear in this message. I just want to tell you that. But if you need your Christmas title, there's you one. All right. Um, that statement of Jesus at the beginning of that verse stopped me in my tracks. So pay attention to how you hear is what Jesus said. And I went back to it the next day. 
Y'all know how weird, how OCD, probably weird is probably the right way to put it. Man, I just, when I lock in, I like to go chronologically. I like to do things in order. But man, I got up the next morning and I just, I had to go back to it and read it again. And just, and throughout the day, I just couldn't let go of it. Just on and off throughout the day. I must have read this thing dozens of times through my life. But there was just something about it this time. Something about the way Jesus said it. There, there was, I know it's just words on a page, but there's a tone in what he said. It was a warning. It was a warning. It was an, it's an imperative for the follower of Christ. Pay attention to. Be, be careful how you hear. That's what he said. What in the world is he talking about? What's he talking about hearing? What what are we hearing? Well, he said next, to those who hear my teaching. So he's talking about the word of God. He's saying, be careful. Pay attention to how you hear the word of God. So let me ask you today, how are you hearing the word? How do you hear the word of God? I'm not sure much that people think about it very much. I don't, I don't know that I thought about it much until I saw this. You just kind of hear how you hear. But Jesus was serious about it because not hearing it correctly comes with consequences. He said, those who listen, who, those who hear correctly will be given more understanding, more wisdom, more insight from his word. But those who don't pay attention, those who don't listen correctly, those who don't hear right will not only not get more understanding and more wisdom and more insight, but they're going to lose what they think they already have. He didn't say that they would lose their knowledge. He said they would lose the wisdom and the insight that should be associated with that knowledge. That's a serious thing. You know, there's a difference in knowing something and understanding something, right? There's there's a difference in learning something and applying that thing in your life. Anybody can learn what the Bible says. Anybody can memorize scripture. Anybody can be on the Bible quiz bowl team if they want to, if they want to study it hard enough. But wisdom and insight only comes from the Holy Spirit. It is a spiritual function. So how are you hearing the word? Some people hear the word to learn it, but Jesus is not interested in that. How do you know? Because that's what the Pharisees and the Sadducees were doing in his day. And if, you've, if you want to see Jesus get fired up, then read the passages where the Pharisees and the Sadducees showed up. He couldn't stand to see them come because they were doing the exact opposite of what they were supposed to be doing. And if anybody should have known better, it was them. Nobody knew the word the way they did. They were unmatched in their knowledge of the scripture. Even Jesus admitted that. But what they lacked was spiritual insight. Jesus said, he said, y'all are just whitewashed tombs 
full of dead men's bones. You look good on the outside, but the inside is as corrupt as you can possibly be. He said, y'all are a hindrance to the, to the move of God. You won't go in yourself and you won't get out of the way so other people can get in around you. He said, you, you, when it comes to morality, when it comes to ethics, when it comes to the way you live, you strain, you strain at gnats and you swallow camels is what Jesus said. They, they kept the minute details of the law while they ignored things like justice and mercy and love. The word of God had become an academic exercise for them that had no impact on their soul whatsoever. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And for the Pharisees and the Sadducees and many of the religious people of that day, the word had no bearing on how they thought. It had no bearing on their feelings or their approaches or attitudes to situations. It had no bearing on their decisions. To the point that the prophecies about the Messiah, the fulfillment of of the, of the prophecies of the Old Testament, which was their area of expertise, but the, the fulfillment of the, the messianic prophecies was literally standing in front of them, and they couldn't see him for who he was. How are you hearing the word? See, when it comes to the word, you shouldn't, you shouldn't listen to learn it. You should listen to live it. When it comes to the word, you shouldn't listen to learn it. You should listen to live it. If you're hearing it just, just to uh, obtain knowledge, but you never apply it to your own life, then you're hearing it wrong. Amen. It's not just for you to memorize. It's a relationship with the Word of God. And the Word of God is not words on a page. It's a person, and His name is Jesus. It's it's about having a relationship with Jesus. You can't memorize a person. You have a relationship with a person. And that relationship should impact you and change you. You can listen to a person and tell who they're hanging out with. You can watch the way a person acts and you can tell who they're hanging out with. Because who you hang out with influences you. It influences how you think, what you say, how you act, what decisions you make, where you go, all of that stuff. And were there not times when your mama said, I don't think I like that boy you've been hanging out with. Why? Because there's a change in your attitude and in your, in your disposition and all the things we just talked about. Who you hang out with, who you have relationships with, changes who you are. So when it comes to the Word of God, it's not about memorizing the stuff. It's about getting to know the person and the relationship with Jesus changes how you think and how you act and where you go and what you do and what your attitudes are and all of that. People should know that you've been hanging out with Jesus by the way you act. And they should be able to, and they are able to tell when you've not been hanging out with Jesus, right? If you're only acquiring knowledge for the sake of acquiring knowledge, you're hearing it wrong. Some people just like to learn stuff. They just like to know stuff. 
You can't do that with the Bible. You, you, this is not just literature. Right? You can study it that way. There are college courses all over the place. There are online courses where you can study the Bible as literature. We studied the book of Job when I was in high school as literature. But that's not what it was intended to be. If you're only acquiring knowledge so you can point out flaws in other people, you're hearing it wrong. If you hear it and go, mm, that's good, I'm going to send that to so-and-so. Stop it. So-and-so does not want to hear what was intended for you. Jesus said, take care of the two-by-four that's in your eye before you start worrying about the sawdust in somebody else's eye. You, are you hearing, how are you hearing the word? Are you hearing it to learn it? Or are you hearing it to live it? A, a really large part of hearing right, because I was just, I just, it's just captured me this week, and, and I've just been like, how, what do you mean how you hear? What is that even, how many different ways can you hear? And so, uh, according to Jesus, a lot of how you hear depends on your heart. Now, the verse that we read, I sort of plucked right out of a, of a larger conversation. Um, but, and it, it was wedged between or comes after a couple of parables, which are stories that Jesus used to make a point, uh, a spiritual, to explain spiritual principles. One of those parables is one of the most famous in the Bible. It's the parable of the sower. A farmer, Jesus said, went out to sow seeds, and those seeds fell on four different surfaces, four different types of ground. And as a result, he got four different types of results from his sowing. Because you know when you sow seed, it goes everywhere, and not every seed you sow grows and bears a harvest. Okay, So when the disciples asked him, what in the world does that mean? This was the response Jesus gave them. We're still in Luke 8. Now we're back in in verse 11. Uh, This is the meaning of the parable, Jesus said. The seed is God's word. All right, So you know we're on the right track because we're talking about how you hear God's word. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. Only to have the devil come and take it away from their heart. From their heart. So the first kind of of heart that's associated with hearing is a hard heart. It's a hard heart. When you have a hard heart, the seed can't crack your outer shell. Some of the seed went on the footpath. It went on the road where they walked. It was packed down by all of the foot traffic that that had been on it. The word could not penetrate the outer shell. And and when when you're talking about the word of God, it, it can't penetrate your soul when you have a hard heart. This is the person who might come to church every week, but it's just to check the box. It's just to keep the wife from nagging them to death. It's just because mom and dad said, I have to come. But, but it, the word of God, the presence of God, never really cracks the heart of that person. And so the seed just sits there on you, and the enemy comes and it snatches, he snatches that seed away. And it, listen, it makes it impossible for you to hear it and be saved. It's impossible for you to be saved. I will show it to you. In Romans chapter 10, 
verses 13 14, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they haven't heard about him? And how can they hear unless somebody tells them about him? Some versions say, how can you hear without a preacher? See, the fact that you come and sit and hear the word of God every week means absolutely nothing. How are you hearing the word? You have to hear it to receive it. If you don't hear it correctly, you can never have the faith to believe God for salvation. You can never have the faith to receive Jesus as a, as the sacrifice for your sin. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And if you're not hearing right, you're never going to get the faith from a word that you've chosen to ignore. A hard heart is destined to be lost forever because they can't hear the word right. So let's keep reading. Luke chapter 8, verse 13. And the next verse says, The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, and then they fall away when they face temptation. The second kind of heart associated with hearing is a shallow heart. It's a shallow heart. A person with a shallow heart hears the message and joyfully responds. They're like, oh, that's the greatest message ever told. That's wonderful. That's great. I'm so glad to be a Christian. They may even be well-intentioned, but there's just not enough depth there to last. What that usually means is they're they're hearing the word, but they're trying to learn it and follow the rules instead of getting to know Jesus through prayer and through worship and through the word. And then when temptation to sin comes along, and it always comes along, they follow their heart instead of following Jesus because they never really got to know him in the first place. They were only focused on learning the rules or gaining the knowledge. See, here's the problem with following your heart. The prophet Jeremiah says that a person's heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. He says, who who even knows how bad that thing is? Who even knows how bad your heart is? Well, not my heart. Yes, your heart. Everybody's heart. If you decide you're going to follow your heart, then then you may think you're following Jesus for a minute, but as soon as something else comes along to turn your head, you'll follow your heart right down the path to destruction. A shallow heart leads people to abandon what they thought was their newfound faith in Jesus and then just chase after the lust of the flesh, the lust of their eyes, or the pride of life. Their shallow heart prevents them from hearing the word in a way that would really deeply change them. I love what one of the the characters in the movie Fireproof said. You've seen that movie Fireproof from about 15 years ago. He He said, don't follow your heart, lead your heart. I love that. I love that. That's what you have to do if you're going to hear the words of Jesus right. You have to lead your heart deeper into a relationship with him because temptation is coming. Temptation's coming. And you have to be deep enough to stand up to it. Let's keep reading. Luke 
Luke 8, verse 14, Jesus said, the, thorns, the, the seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. The third heart is an immature heart. An immature heart. This person hears enough, maybe even hears enough to be saved, but hasn't heard to the point that their faith in Jesus overcomes the difficulties they face in their lives. Their faith and the growth of their faith gets choked out by the complexities of life, by the allure of money and riches and wealth and things you can obtain, and by the need to satisfy your selfish urges. And instead of having the seed of the word take root and show them how to overcome the world, how to live a life of victory, it just gets swallowed up in the thorns. Now listen, I'm not, I'm not saying that life is not difficult. I'm not downplaying the allure of, of wealth and things. I'm not downplaying the difficulties, the cares, and the anxieties of life. I was talking to someone this week who, who is a, a strong believer, but she said, I'm tired of adulting. I do not want to adult anymore. And I said, girl, you better preach that because I am with you, but there's just not much option right? We got to go through. Life is hard for everybody. I've just chosen to go through it with Jesus. So I'm not saying that the cares of this world, the allure of riches, all of those things are not a real thing. I'm just saying that you have to allow Jesus to be more real and more powerful in your life than the influence of those other things. Those things are not going to go away. You just have to put Jesus over all of those things. If you want to be a follower of Jesus, you've got to listen to the word to the point that it helps you grow up stronger through the adversity. Ashley sang it this morning. I'm going to sing through the middle of the storm. Louder and louder, you're going to hear my praises roar. Why? Because I'm trying to drown out the voices of the adversity that's going on in my life. I'm not saying it's not there. I'm simply saying I'm going to lift Jesus higher than that. You have to, if you're going to be a follower of Jesus, you've got to learn to lean into him in those times instead of leaning out. That you've got to run to him even when you've screwed it up royally. You run to him instead of away from him. You don't go hide from him. He's God. You can't hide from him. Just might as well go on and face him and get his help to rescue you out of that situation than to go hide and try to act like he don't know. A person who stays constantly bogged down in the, in the, the cares of this world, in the thorns of this, of this life, is destined to continue to just be that struggling, defeated Christian their whole lives. But there is a better way. There's a better way. Verse 15. The seeds, Jesus said, that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. The fourth heart, and the one that we should all strive to have, is the good, honest heart. It's a good heart honest heart. 
when you have a good, honest heart, Jesus said you hear him clearly. Why? You're hearing him right because you're listening eagerly. You, you, you're good soil. You're waiting on that seed to fall. You, you're always applying the message to yourself first. You assume that you either need it now or you're going to need it sometime in the future. So you just eat it up. You just keep digging in, keep consuming every word. Jesus said when he was being tempted by the devil in the wilderness, man can't live by bread alone, but he lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The, the word is the bread of life. And you keep getting stronger and stronger and stronger the more you eat it. When you have a good and honest heart, you're listening from the perspective that you're going to live it out to the fullest extent that's humanly possible. And maybe even further than that as you learn to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. That whatever the Lord says, you've decided before you hear it, whatever the Lord says is the right way, and anything contrary to what the Lord says is wrong. You live by what it says in Romans that I've decided that to let God be true and every man a liar. That doesn't matter what everybody else says. If God says it, that's it. That you, when you're a, we have a good and honest heart, it means you're a morally good person and that you're honest with yourself and with God about what you need to work on. Maybe the first step is being honest with yourself and God about the fact that you do have things you need to work on. Y'all ever met people who thought they were perfect? <laughs> Never did anything wrong. That's the first step when you realize, oh man, I'm in trouble. There's a whole lot in my life that does not line up with what this word says. So I need to start receiving that word so I can change to line up with the word instead of trying to edit a book that you didn't write to justify a lifestyle that God never justified. This kind of honest and good heart is the kind of heart that truly hears the word of Christ that gains wisdom and knowledge from, from those words and just keeps getting better and deeper and stronger. So let me ask you again, how are you hearing today? Which heart do you have towards the word of God? Do you have a hard heart? Are you just kind of going through the motions today? Do you have a shallow heart where you've jumped on the Christian bandwagon for the next couple of months and then when something turns your head, you're going to be gone? Or you have an immature heart where you're just overwhelmed by everything? Or, or do you have a good, honest heart? When you hear the word, do you ask the Holy Spirit to search you and to show you the ways that you're falling short? That's how you receive the word. That's how you get it in your soil. Do you ask him to show you the ways that you need to apply that word? The Word should be changing you, not because you're trying to follow the rules, but because you're trying to please the Lord, a person that you have a relationship with. If you're consistently hearing the Word, but you're not changing, then you need to check your heart. I can't back this up biologically, but spiritually, your heart affects your hearing. If your heart's sick, you're not going to hear correctly. 
Now, there's one other thing that Jesus said in these verses that, that just really stuck out to me as I was preparing for this. I was doing my, my devotion. These two things got, got in me and wouldn't leave me alone. He said the person with a good and honest heart, they cling to the word. They cling to the word. That is a very specific word. That's a very descriptive word. People only cling to what they don't want to lose. Right? You cling to a life raft. Isn't that right? You cling to hope. You cling to... You ever seen a person that's, a, that's had a fire at their home and they were able to grab just a few little personal things? They grabbed pictures or whatever on the way out. They're they holding those things like that was the only thing they got on the way out, but they're holding on to those things like that's their whole life. Because it is. Right? It is. Jesus said the kind of person who has the right heart to hear his words correctly will not just hear the word, they're going to cling to it. They're going to hold on to the Word of God like their life depends on it. Because guess what, y'all? It does. It does. Your spiritual life, your hope for eternal life with Jesus very much depends on Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life. So how are you hearing? Is your heart in the place that you can hear it right? Because this is what I know. When you hear it right, you hold it tight. That's ridiculous, but you're not going to forget it. When you hear it right, you hold it tight. When you recognize it for what it is, you're never going to let it go. When you build your life on it and you realize that everything else is sinking sand, you won't let it go. Why do you think why do you think that the 12 apostles all gave their lives for the gospel? Well, 11 of the 12, John wouldn't die. They tried. Boiled him in oil and he was like, "I kind of like this. This is nice. It makes my skin all smooth and stuff." They, he wouldn't die. Why, why would they why would they give their lives? Well, I promise you this, it wasn't for rules in a book. It wasn't for words on a page. It was because they had a relationship with Jesus, and they, they heard him right, they saw him for what he was, and they said, we are never giving that up. I don't care what you do to me, we are not giving that up. We heard it right the first time, and we're holding it as if our life depends on it. Jesus and his word is of immeasurable value. You just, it's, it's, more, it's more than gold. It's more valuable than any of that. It, the importance of the word of God, which is Jesus himself, cannot be overstated in your, in your life and in your relationship. Let me, let me try to put it in perspective. So thank you to the media team. who I'm about to quote the whole Bible. So they loaded up the whole Bible today. No, really, there's, but there's some verses that I want you to see so you begin to get the impact and the value of the Word. All Scripture, 2 Timothy 3 and 16, all Scripture is used. These are the words of God. It's inspired by God, and it's useful to teach us what's true. How many people search for truth? 
The Word teaches us what's true and helps us realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what's right. God uses uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. Look at Psalm 119, verse 105. The Word of God is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. If you want to know where to look, I'm so confused by what's swirling around me. I don't even know how to walk. Then he's going to be a lamp for your feet and a light for your path to show you where to put the next step. Luke chapter 11 and verse 28. This is what Jesus said. But even more blessed are all those who hear the word of God and put it into practice. Isaiah 40 and 8 says, The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. This word is more reliable than the planet and the stars and the universe. Matthew 7 and 24. Anyone who listens to my teaching, this is Jesus speaking, and follows it, uh, follows it is wise like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Like John, my world is shaking. Your world cannot shake if it's built on a foundation of the, uh, of the, of the solid rock of Jesus Christ. The walls may shake. It may get, it may get a, little, uh, a, a little scary in there, but you are not going to fall because you're built on on the solid rock. Matthew 24 and 35, Jesus said, heaven and earth will disappear. My words will never disappear. John 8, 31 and 32, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, anybody believe in Jesus today? He said, you are my true disciples if you remain faithful to my teaching. That means you're not just listening to learn it, you're listening to live it. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Free from what? Free from everything. Free from every lie, from every chain, from everything that tries to hold you back in your life. But you have to learn it to, to live it. You have to know Jesus. Psalm 119 and, one, and verse 114 says, You are my refuge and my shield. Your word is my source of hope. If we have ever lived in an age where people are hopeless, it's this one today. And the word of God is our source of hope because the word of God is Jesus. Last one, James chapter 1, verse 21. Get rid of all the filth and evil in your life and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts. Why? Because it has the power to save your soul. Listen, we've been saying it the whole service. The Lord is trying to get somebody's attention today. There is no other name other than the name of Jesus. And he expresses his life and his legacy and his, and his, wor- his wisdom and his thoughts in this book right here. When you start to hear the word like we just described it, you start to desire it more and more and you cling to every word like your life depends on it. That's when you know you're hearing right. That's when you know that you'll produce a harvest, a huge harvest, the word says, that is a blessing to you, but more importantly, it brings glory to God. Corey, you can come on and and play something. I'm going to close, but I need need to read you um, two more verses. There's, There's two verses 
that are shoved sort of in the middle of the parable of the sower and this warning that we heard from Jesus to, to watch how we hear. Squeezed in between is, is one more little parable, and I, I want you to see this in verses 16 and 17. So after Jesus explains the parable of the sower, he says, listen, nobody lights a lamp and then covers it with a bowl or, or hides it under a bed. A lamp's placed on a stand where its light can be seen by all who enter the house. For all that is secret will eventually be brought into the open. And everything that's concealed will be brought to light and made known to all. The Word is the light, y'all. The Word is a lamp and a light. Jesus what is the Word of God, and Jesus said, I am the light of the world. The light will expose your heart for what it really is. Listen, not what you want people to think it is. Not on how you act like it is in church or around church people. The the light will reveal the truth about your heart. The state of your heart will be revealed one day, whether it's a hard heart or a shallow heart or an immature heart or a good and honest heart. One way or the other, it's going to be revealed. So let me just ask you, what is Jesus going to find on that day when he reveals all truth, when every secret is exposed? What's he going to find? I would recommend that we invite his spirit to search us today. And I said this, some prayer I prayed I think it was at the beginning of service. I don't know. And and I've prayed this many, many times. God, reveal it to me so you don't have to reveal it in me. Do you understand the difference? Like, tell me what the problem is so I can deal with it just me and you. Because eventually, what we're hiding in the darkness will be brought into the light. And then it will be for everybody to see. So let's do business, just me and you, so that we can get this thing out before it becomes a problem. And it's not just the embarrassment of other people knowing your business. It's the fact that this thing has grown to the point that it's going to hurt when it comes out. There, whatever issues you may be facing in your life, they'll never be smaller than they are today. Y'all stand with me. Y'all, the word of God's already spoken for itself, so I'm gonna do the sensible thing and shut up. We're gonna have an altar call. He's going the team's gonna sing a song. The altar is open. You can come and pray right now about whatever's going on in your life whether it's the state of your heart whether you've got something going on in your life you're making a decision uh, you've got something going on physically in your body whatever it is you need to pray about come and pray now Father I just pray that your Holy Spirit would lead us and guide us Lord to the truth not just, not just the truth of your word but the truth about us about our heart and I pray Lord for myself and I pray corporately over our church, God, would you reveal it to us so that you don't have to reveal it in us.
Speak to us today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.